Hi there, I'm Margaret. Join me for a deep dive into the life of a freelancer. I share my clients' struggles and successes and celebrate those moments that make it oh so worth it. This is Freelance Freedom. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. This episode is all about, is freelancing really worth it? But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Freelance Freedom Academy. Now, Freelance Freedom Academy is an online members-only community built to help you turn your freelance career into a business that works its butt off for you and not the other way around. To get more information, go to margraffel.com slash freedom. Now, even though this question may not be straight up asked all the time, it's definitely the undertone of almost every question freelancers have when they're first starting out. In today's episode, we're definitely going to dive into some pro-con lists and explore those at great length. But I do want to begin with a bit of a conversation. There's a lot to unpack in the title. Is freelancing really worth it? Now, that question alone brings up considerations that we need to dive into. First of all, what does freelancing mean to you? And what do you mean by, quote unquote, worth it? What this really drills into is what's your why? Now, there's a man named Simon Sinek, who's an author and TEDx speaker. He's based his entire business on finding your why. So if it's an area that you want to dive into, and I highly recommend that you do, you can pick up his book, Start With Why. I have no affiliation to it. I've just read it early in my career, and it was a big game changer. I believe it's available on all major platforms as well as the Audible version too. When you're beginning any business, no matter how big or small, you need to start with why. Now, when we talk about freelancing, you may think the why is super obvious and that it's probably one of those same reasons that are stereotypically talked about like, well, I want to become my own boss and well, it's to make up my own hours, but we need to dig deeper than that. When was the last time you sat down and took a full inventory, a full audit of your life? Maybe never. Well, if you're considering a major career shift, now that's either into freelance, into another career, or even exiting out of freelance, I'm going to link up a PDF in the show notes that has all the questions that you should consider. I'm sure there's a lot more as well, but we're just going to cover the preliminary ones. So you can go through them at your own pace, but we're also going to dive into those questions together. After we go through all those considerations, we're going to do a pro-con list. And at the end, I'm going to share some of my insights with you, why I got into it, what were some roadblocks, and why I wouldn't change it for anything. So let's dive in together. Now, there's a few major areas of your life that you need to audit. The purpose of this audit is to take a deep dive into the state of your life and find out if freelancing is right for you. But even if you're already a freelancer or considering another career, this audit is a perfect place to start. The first section we want to consider is family and personal life. Because we all know as much as we want to start freelancing, it's not always all about you. A lot of people have responsibilities outside of work, and we really need to take those into consideration because ultimately, and I may be in the minority here, but ultimately, it needs to be a responsible decision to make when you decide to go freelance or when you decide to make any major career change. So some questions you can ask yourself are, do you have children or other family members that are dependent on you? Are you in a considerable amount of debt? Now, these kind of questions can be triggering, but they have to be looked at. Listen, I'm the world's biggest fan and number one supporters of people following their dreams, but please don't put your family or yourself into jeopardy to do so. Now, there's a story we've all heard more than a few times. It's someone quits their job to pursue their dream and within two years is making multiple seven figures doing what they love. And they all started just sleeping on their friend's couch. 
Well, it sounds romantic, and it's definitely a catchy story, especially if you're a marketer. But this isn't the rule. This is the exception. And I'm not saying this to discourage you, but statistically speaking, most new businesses fail. But this isn't bad news. This is actually quite empowering. In the last episode, we dove into accounting. Now, Susan and I stressed that you need to know your numbers inside of the business. But this is correct for outside the business as well and before you start it. And if you're thinking of doing any career change, you can't avoid at looking at the numbers. This is true with any kind of business, be it a solo freelancer or a larger company. You can't avoid looking at the numbers. Okay, so what numbers do you need to know? We talked about knowing your debts, but you also need to know your current income and your expenses too. It's not only about money, but we need to look at time as a currency as well. How many hours in the day are you currently working? How many are you sleeping? How many are you tending to household items or chores or other responsibilities like picking your kids up from school, prepping meals, doing groceries, laundry, and so on? And also be honest, how much time do you spend watching movies, trying to pick something on Netflix, not even actually watching it? Or how many times do you get caught down a YouTube rabbit hole and all of a sudden it's three hours later? We need to start auditing that and really being honest with the amount of time we have in the day. People's biggest excuse is, well, I don't have time. And you would definitely be surprised to see if you were to sit down and break apart how many hours you dedicate to each item in your life, you would be surprised how much time you do actually have. Now, I want to be clear that none of what I've mentioned is necessarily good or bad. We're merely taking an inventory of what's available to you in your currencies, both of time and money. I also want to mention that no matter how busy or in debt you are, you still have the ability to be fully self-employed, but the initial approach needs to take those factors under consideration. For example, instead of quitting your job and deciding to become a photographer, say, which requires a ton of equipment, software travel, and a lot of time, you could start a part-time job as an apprentice with a studio or even starting as a camera shop, just learning more about the equipment. The idea is learning as much as possible while being paid. If you're not in a position to quit your job and start from scratch, there are ways to do it, to learn more, to make the learning curve smaller when you do actually take the plunge. Now, that's the smart way to do it. Might not be as romantic as all these other stories you hear, but there's a responsible way to do things. The point of these questions we're discussing when you want to figure out if freelance is really worth it are meant to prompt you to make decisions and forge the path that works for you. Not every success, in fact, very few need to start with someone throwing everything away and risking it all. We're here for sustainable long-term growth, and I hope you are too. Okay, that covers a lot of the life questions. So let's talk about your current job. The obvious question is, is, do you like it? Do you like your current job? And you like it enough to do it while you build something on the side, your side hustle? Or do you need to get out of your job right now? If you need to get out right now, do you have enough money saved to sustain you while you build your business? And how many hours are you working? Do you have time outside of your day job to dedicate to a side business? Do you have evenings and weekends available to start building it up? Then come the questions about mental health. Now, this is super important. Is your current work environment pleasant? Is it okay to work with? How are the people that you work with? Do they support you building a business on the side? Or do you think they would be adamantly against it and you could possibly even lose your job? How about your family? Do you have the support of your family and your friends? Or are they dismissive of your ideas and just brush them off? Now, these are not reasons to give up. Remember, we're merely taking inventory of your life. There's no judgment. But do consider that if you have friends and family that don't support your goals... 
it takes its toll on you mentally. And you need to either be willing to cut those people out of your life or not discuss it with them and cultivate a community that will be supportive. There are so many online communities, as well as therapy is another consideration that can help you get through the difficulties of owning a business. And let me tell you, there are a lot. If you don't have anyone to talk to, you really, really need to set that up. We live in such a pro-hustle culture. And to be honest, I love it. I love the pro-hustle. A lot of people are going to argue with me, but I love it. It fits my ethos, but there's other ways to do it. And you need to make sure that your actions support your goals and your values, not your friends, not your families, not your parents, not your cousins, not your kids. Well, maybe your kids. This is your game. It's your life. And you need to take care of yourself and get the support that you need. Unfortunately, this often doesn't come from family and friends, but there are so many like-minded communities out there and ones just for you. Now, we've been diving into the topic of mental health a little bit, but very much at the surface level. I'm by no means a mental health professional. We will have one on an upcoming episode soon to dive into all things mental health and how we can support freelancers and entrepreneurs. I'll have a bunch of resources in that episode for you to dive into. Now, this covers a lot of the self-auditing questions that we can lead to get you to an answer of, is freelancing really worth it for you? So to recap, we want to find your why, audit your life and your inner circle, and establish pros and cons. That last one's the one that we're going to dive into right now. There are many other personal pros and cons, but let's just cover the big ones. Okay, let's start with the pros. Well, There's a few obvious ones to start off with. First of all, you are your own boss. Now, this one can be a pro and a con. Let's dive in. So you're your own boss in a sense of you get to make the rules. You get to decide what clients you take on. You get to decide how the business is run. You get to decide a lot about operations. There are some downfalls to that. The operational aspect is one of them. You need to be able to do anything because you are the only boss. And a lot of times in the beginning, that means doing your own bookkeeping. It means doing your own marketing. It means creating your own standard operating procedures. It means firing your own clients. It means doing your own client acquisition. And then, of course, doing your own client work on top of all that, too. There's, of course, benefits to being your own boss and that you have the flexibility. But there are some downfalls as well in that there's no one with the proverbial shit hits the fan. There's no one to blame anything for. You're the end of the line. You're the last person. You're the only responsibility. So that one can have some pro and some con to it as well. Another con sort of in that same area is it's almost like you have, you are your own boss, but on the other side of things, you no longer have a boss, but every client is essentially your boss. So you don't have a boss. Now you have 10 bosses. So there are some pros and cons that go just within that one itself, but let's check out some other ones. So another big pro, and this is probably one of the big pro, the biggest pros that drives me is it's unlimited earning potential. So of course, there's a lot of factors in this as well too. And we can, we'll have a whole episode on value pricing versus pricing by the hour and project pricing, all of that kind of stuff. But technically you have unlimited earning potential. That being said, you only have so many hours in the day. So there's unlimited earning potential, but there's a lot of opportunity to burn out while chasing that learning potential. So keep that in mind too. We are going to go into other episodes of just outside your initial your initial freelance services. What are the other ways you can automate income? Now, we're not talking passive income because really there's no such thing, but we are talking a somewhat automated income. 
And that automated income, I mean, we'll go more into what that actually means in another episode, but basically we're looking at creating systems that allow people to purchase goods and services from you and you don't have to be there and present every time a transaction happens. So that's what we mean when we talk about automating. And that can mean online courses, that can mean even some live workshops or some or some webinars and there's some in-person aspects and some digital aspects too. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in an upcoming episode, but the overarching theme of unlimited earning potential is a huge one and there's so many opportunities within that. So for me that's the biggest pro. Uh, there's no commute. That's a pretty big pro. I live in the city. I live in downtown Toronto. The commute is crazy and it's getting crazier by the day. I know people that spend three hours of their day just coming in 90 minutes to and from work. Now, maybe if you're on a train, there's work you can do, but if you're driving, there's not much else you can do. You can listen to podcasts like this one, but there's not much else you can do. So a lot of the time there's three hours of every day that's, I mean, some people would perceive as being wasted. Uh, I don't think it's wasted because you can always continue to learn, but the no commute is definitely a huge pro point for the next one. You can pursue your passion. So you can freelance doing almost anything. The internet has completely democratized any service that you can, for a low or zero entry fee, you can literally start doing something today. This has never happened before. Like this has never happened before this generation. So The democratization of gigs and of freelancing has had this huge rise in the gig economy, and you could literally start freelancing in almost anything. So you truly get to pursue your passion, and you don't have a commute. You can also work from anywhere. So this can be a pro and a con. Of course, we know travel can get expensive. So if you're traveling, so it may not be part of your lifestyle to be able to travel while you work, but that option is there as well. And I know that's a huge pro for me because I love traveling. So a lot of times I actually don't take weekends and I don't take days off during the week. I would much rather work straight through for a long period of time than take a big chunk of time off. You don't have that option when you're working a nine to five job. It's very specific, those hours that you need to work. And that's just not how I'm productive. I'm not productive when I take two days off and then have to get back right right back into things. So I'm more productive if I work straight through, say even for a cut like two months or so, and then I'll take like two weeks off. So that lifestyle definitely works better for me. Not sure if it's for everyone, but it is a pro to consider as well too. Also, as the next pro, which is another big pro for me, you get to work from your pajamas or leggings or whatever you want to wear. I mean, you should probably be dressed from the waist up if you're doing meetings, but you could ultimately work in anything that you want and you don't have to get dressed up. So then that cuts out even more time during your day of getting ready, which you could dedicate to creative endeavors. You can make sure you go to the gym. I know that's where I dedicate that time now. The time that I would take getting ready to go to, to, go to an office job that time's dedicated to meditating and going to the gym, which is so much more valuable to me. You also get full control over your niche and the direction of your business. So if you want to change gears, if you want to switch niches, if you want to scale up, if you want to scale down, that's all up to you. And you have full control over every aspect of it. Now, I say you have full control over every aspect of it, but there, of course, are market fluctuations that are gonna that are going to bring in other factors. But you do have full control over who it is that you serve. Another one is flexible hours, flexible schedule, and flexible location. Now, we talked a little bit about location independence, about scheduling flexibility, 
And another reason why I love the hours and the scheduling flexibility is because I live in a pretty big city right downtown and I don't like crowds. So I love living in the city, but I don't like crowds. Those two things usually do not go hand in hand. So I can work straight through the weekends and then I can take like a random Tuesday off to go and run all my errands and don't have to deal with crowds. So that's a huge benefit for me. It seems like something that's really small, but it's hugely valuable in my life. One of the last pros is that you get to have creative freedom in your life. So if you have a project or a problem that you need to solve that comes across your plate, you can reach out to anyone and you can go through any avenue that you see fit to be able to solve that problem. Whereas in a lot of time, if you're working for a bigger company or if you're working in an office job, there's very specific protocols. And I understand why those are in place, but you have very specific protocols that you have to follow to be able to troubleshoot and to be able to problem solve. But if you're on your own, you get to do all of that yourself and be as creative as you want with your solutions. I find that really empowering. So let's dive into some cons. So how I realized I wanted to be self-employed is I did go through some of these cons, but there was a huge payoff for me because I realized how as my business grew and as my revenue grew, I could overcome some of these cons. So one of the cons that we talked about before was going along lines of you have to be your own boss. You also have to do everything. And that includes marketing and accounting and bookkeeping and all that stuff that you may not love and it's not super creative that goes along with running your own business. But once you start to scale, you can overcome and you can see that those cons can be taken away. So now I have a bookkeeper, so I don't have to deal with that. So there are some cons that if you can foresee down the road as them not being barriers anymore, then they no longer become cons. So I usually try to look at cons that way. Like if I were to scale, if I were to really push this, is something that I could outsource or that I could overcome? And for the most part, it has. I mean, I'm still doing it. So uh, there are a few ones too. There's no paid leave. There's no sick days. There's no maternity leave. There's no benefits. And those are really personal decisions that you need to make. I know I, because I live in Canada, uh, healthcare isn't something that I necessarily have to worry about. I do know that it is a bigger issue in other countries and it can get quite expensive. So if you're doing, if you have your own healthcare as a solo entrepreneur or as a freelancer, that can get upwards of, I don't know, $800 to $1,000 a month, I've heard from some people. And we're very fortunate to be in a place where that doesn't have to be a consideration, but it's something to consider as a major roadblock if you live somewhere that these things aren't covered, you have to supplement those yourself. So that's a personal decision um, as far as benefits and maternity leave and sick days and, and any sort of paid leave or paid vacation. To me, I really just had to think about, would I be willing to take two weeks off completely unpaid and be okay with that? And to me, that really is, it really is a con, but when there's things that you can start automating in your business and bringing in revenue when you're not around, I don't like to use the word passive income, like I mentioned, but we can, we can automate some revenue. So seeing again, that those can be options, uh, we can overcome for sure. So there's a few other ones too, which is uh, feelings of feelings of isolation. So this one's a big one. And as I mentioned before, we are going to get an episode where we can speak to a mental health professional in depth about the feelings of isolation, especially as a freelancer 
and as a solo entrepreneur and an entrepreneur at any level, really, because the more you scale and the more you grow, these feelings don't go away. So I just wanted to be clear about that too. There are systems, there are support systems in place and really finding a community that supports you, I find has helped a lot, but we will talk about that in depth in another episode, but it is something to really consider. Feelings of isolation is a real con, but there are ways to combat it. So just keep that in mind as well. So the other, the biggest thing, the biggest one for freelancers are inconsistent work. So we're going to talk about this in some future episodes. We touched on it in some past episodes too, about how we can set things up with retainer clients and ongoing work. So we don't have that feast and famine cycle. The feast and famine cycle is probably one of the biggest sources of fear and the biggest sources of stress for any freelancer. So don't worry. We're we're in this together and we're definitely going to set up some, uh, we're going to set up some ways to, to combat that and automate some income, whether that's with retainers, whether that's with automating some of your services, but there are ways to combat that as well. But it's real that inconsistent work and that feast or famine, those are real. That inconsistent work and that feast and famine cycle. I also don't want to underestimate it too. There's, uh, there was ways for us to overcome it. But we do have to know that it's a real con. It's something that you have to plan for. So the last one we have to touch on is distractions. So distractions can come in a lot of different forms. Now, they can come in the forms of if you have a cat or dog, maybe there's something that an animal that needs to be tended to or go on walks multiple times during the day. And if you're at home, by default, you're the one that has to do that. There's also other distractions when it comes to, when it comes to family members too. So we talked a little bit earlier about the dynamic between you and your family and really getting their support and how beneficial it would be to have their support through this. Because if you're set up to work from home, a lot of the times family members and even close friends cannot fully respect the boundaries of that space. And all of a sudden you become the person by default that since you're home, you have to go pick up the kids. Since you're home, can you just put that laundry in? So those sort of, so maybe I'll group boundaries and distractions together, but those are really big challenges. And I think ones that need to be overcome upfront and really setting boundaries because a lot of people, when they see someone, especially in their communal space, working from home, it's hard for them to to identify that the person's working because they, I mean, people in society identify workers as going into a job and working nine to five. But when you're working from home and freelancing, you're still working. So it's very important to be clear with your family members about about that um, about that boundary that you have to put into place and putting in putting in place before really making sure that you're off the clock during these hours that you're working is super important. So distractions are another con as well. Boundaries can be another con too, uh, because not everyone full, will fully understand those. Those are all the pros and cons. If you have any other pros and cons, definitely reach out. Let me know. Let me know if I missed any. I can always add them into the show notes. Uh, let me know if there's major ones that I miss. Let me know if there's ones that just apply to you. I, I love uh, checking out people's individual situations as well, too. So if you don't want to tag me, you can always DM me. I would love to talk about any pros or cons that you guys have experienced around freelance. So I told you that I would finish with telling you a little bit about why I chose freelance. Not only because I've never really had a job, but it's something that's just always fit my lifestyle. So there's three aspects. There's going to be my why, 
there's going to be my pro and con list, which is very similar to the one that I just, that I just went into. And then there's going to be my feelings around uh, boundaries and support systems. So my why is I do it because I can choose who I get to work with. I get to, like I said, I get to run errands on weekdays when I don't have to deal with big crowds, but I love living in the big city. The unlimited earning potential. There's no higher ups telling me that my ideas are stupid. And I feel like I can make a difference for other freelancers. So that's my why. I think that's my biggest why. Some of my pros and cons are the ones I mentioned before. I mean, there's unlimited earning potential, the flexibility and schedule. All of those pros definitely apply to me. And when I do see the cons, I don't see them as something that I can't overcome when I'm, a, when I'm able to scale my business. I've also been fortunate to have some financial stability and really good credit. I have no dependents and I've worked all through university having serving jobs and well into my freelance career as a server. So I had the flexibility to build while I worked minimally on the side. I also found friends that were in the same field and supportive. And I ignored the haters because when you've been a server for so long, you get thick skin. And as the final one, I'm always working on my mental health. So those are the insights that I can give to you. Let me know if there's any pros and cons that I missed. Let me know what some of the biggest challenges are. If you don't want to tag me, feel free to uh, slide into my DMs and let me know how I can help or add anything to the show notes. Again, thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. As always, I love to keep the conversation going. So head over to Twitter or Instagram at Margaret Fell. That's at M-A-R-G-R-E-F-F-E-L-L and tag me or slide into my DMs with any questions you may have. You can also find me at my home base of margrafell.com for all the resources. I'll see you next time.